to the couch dissection. You got me, Paul Martin. You got my boy, Chris Peon. You got my other boy, Marcus Gelly Marka. Here to bring you the best podcast you've ever heard. Big week in MMA today. Well, big week in MMA last week. Kind of this week. We had the Contender Series. Five contract winners. Probably the best Contender Series card there's ever been before. Five finishes. Like, Dana White gave advice last night, and fucking everybody listened to it. He even gave a pre-fight speech. Man, that one fight where the guy literally gets stunned, gets put down onto a knee, and then gets up, and literally, he looks like he's still out of it. He eats an uppercut, where, like, I think most guys go out, and then next thing you know, he just delivers a right train, just colds. Is a he had knocked down three times. Yo, that's the craziest thing. That, that was one of the craziest fights I've ever seen. That's like Chuck Congo, Pat Barry. That's like Gray Maynard and, and Frankie Edgar kind of things. Like, honestly, I can't wait to see that guy fight. What's his, like, I, I didn't... Uh, Chris, that was, what, who you're talking about was Chris Duncan. And all five winners were Chris Duncan, Vinicius Salvador. I'm sure I fucked that up, sorry. Francis Marshall, Waldo Cortez Ocasta, and Billy Goff. I have a question. For the guy that lost that fight, because he knocked him down three fucking times and almost got it done, but then, like, I understand he gets caught. But, like, does it, do you think he'll be able to come back at some point? Or, like, I think he'll get another run? shot in the Contender Series eventually. Even if not, I'm sure Bellator was watching, PFL won. they got to be watching the Contender Series to scoop out talent when they see it. It's a smart thing to do. It's what I'd do. Especially when you know, like, because it's now been said out there on Instagram and Twitter that, like, you had five contracts that were signed by the UFC. Like, those are five big prospects. That means there's five other guys that... Unfortunately, ran into a hot prospect that week. You never know how good those are. I'm sure Charlie Campbell will have no problem in the future finding yeah. a fight. That kid is also legit. Mm-hmm. No doubt. No and then doubt. we had UFC 277 last weekend. Woo, what a card. What a hot card, man. The whole, the whole card was actually really exciting. And it, it was nice to have, you know, you, you got a little bit of everything. You got a some little new bit names. Of everything. You got some new names. You got some familiar faces. We got... We got uh, you know, rivalries, it's, it's, it was one of the better cards that I've seen in a while. Speaking of new names, you talked about him on the podcast last week. Michael fucking Morales. Much that, respect. After watching that fight, that kid is the future. His butterfly guard, like, not even, I'm not even talking about the knockout right here, but his butterfly guard, I think that's the future of the UFC. You're going to see all kids handling guard situations just like he did in the future. I do find that back in the day, in the modern day of UFC, you used to see the butterfly guard a lot more than what you do these days. And I find that interesting now that you you mentioned that. The way he comes down and he just gets one hook in and, like, gets ready to pull you out and get the whole butterfly, like, oh, it's beautiful to see. I, I was just glad that he, he delivered, too. Uh, and then he can I, stand. Like, yeah. he finished it on the feet. Yeah. Like, your jits is that good, and you can fucking fight. Like Third round, too. Took it late, so that means, you know... He, he's got cardio. He's got some cardio and he's just too. a wee lad, too. He's only 22 or 23. Yeah, he's 22. Yeah. yeah. That's what excited me about him. He's undefeated, and still is undefeated now. He's now got a knockout on the UFC, which we all give a lot more respect to, like... As you said, he, this is the future of mixed martial arts, and I, I, 
again, it's another prospect you just can't wait to see again. Like, yeah, I can't, wait. I can't wait to see this like, kid again. He's gonna he's gonna be a real problem in the in the welterweight division coming forward. Uh, I also was uh, just really excited about the uh, uh, the Anthony Smith fight. Like I thought going into the fight, he was a three to one shot, right? And I honestly thought that he was a a good bet considering he was three to one going in there, and it was kind of disrespectful towards him. And going forward in the fight, he was fighting pretty good, I thought, until he broke his ankle. Or whatever that was, that ankle injury. Like yeah, he definitely had himself. a fracture in his yeah. ankle. Dana White reported in the podcast, or the post-fight interview, that there was no fracture, but it turned out a few days later, the doctors or whatever, the surgeon, right. it was just difficult to locate, and Dana didn't know like 20 yeah. minutes after it happened. I mean... It, he corrected himself on the Contender Series. It, it, it is... It's a question, right? Like, when an injury like that happens in a fight, especially the way that it happened to him, like, maybe this fight could have been dragged out a little more. I'm not saying that uh, Ankaliyev was even remotely, like, losing. He was, he, he was fighting a good fight. Like, nonetheless, like, that's kind of what he does. He he, he drags out the fight, and then he, next thing you know, he's got a lot more win than you in the later rounds just from kind of plugging away at times. And I, I honestly now wonder, where does that put him in the light heavyweight you know, rankings. Where does he where does he fit in? There's Wouldn't not he, much at the top. Right? Like, like it's a, he makes a jump up there because it's like it's kind of a little weak there. Does he fight Ratchich? Is that is that maybe the fight? That could be the fight. Yeah. You never know what the, he off. could just get a fucking title shot against Yuri with the way <laughs> things work these but days. Shouldn't Ratch, like shouldn't Ratchich have that title shot though? He's certainly a contender, but with the way guys turn stuff down and reject stuff, and yeah, I just think like if I'm being honest, the light heavyweight division just kind of sucks. Besides Yuri and maybe Glover, it's certainly not the strongest division. There's a lot more divisions to talk about because what would be the weakest division though? I don't even know if you say flyweight anymore. It used to be so easy. You'd be like flyweight. Right away, you'd be like, but like, I, there's a few guys down in flyweight that I don't mind watching a fight. Like, And Rakic just lost to Blackowitz, by the way. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. so then Blackovic should probably yeah. get the title shot. I mean, you know, because like he lost it to Glover, and then did he fight Glover again? Uh, no, he no, he Glover. didn't get his rematch yet. No. Yeah, so then, like, so. Just to stick on the, the flyweights. Because there was a flyweight fight. There was Alexander, a dope flyweight right? fight. Uh, Alexander Pantoja. Oh. Uh, Pantoja. I can't say his name. Oh, you're talking about that flyweight. No. Two dope flyweight yeah, no, fights on that card. I was talking about that because I thought it was a, he got an impressive first round submission on Perez. Because I find that, you know, like I said, you asked who's the weakest division. I could actually add him into that now. This guy's finishing fights now twice in a row. He's only lost to Askar Askarov and Devison Figueredo in his last, like, eight fights. No shame in that. No, not at all, right? Like, this guy's actually, I think he should be a name that should be a little bit recognized here. And that he was he showed where he was in that division. I that think kid walked into the cage and was like, I might be the smallest name on the card, but I'm making the biggest fucking impact. It's true. Mm -hmm. And he did. Like, he... You got to love a first round finish. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, ninety seconds, I think. Yeah, ninety two seconds like or something. It was. It was, it was beautiful. Dominant. It was dominant throughout the whole fight. Um, yeah, flyweight's actually kind of disgusting when you look at it. <laughs> yeah, when you look at the yeah, top it, five, I, I, I would. There might be an argument. Flyweight might be up there. 
in the top three divisions in the UFC. I'm just, I just think it's funny. It almost got wiped out at one point. They literally like, you remember all There's that corny shit about Cejudo's like, I'm gonna say, I gotta save the 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 flyweight division. You know, Triple C put on his like cape. There was that's not even the flyweight fight he was talking about. Like there wasn't a championship. <laughs> just being an absolute stud. Yeah. Well, there was a time where Dana was thinking about getting rid of the division altogether. That's and just making just everybody saying. go up the bands and wait. Yeah. Like, uh, Brandon Mourinho was is a dog. That's all I'm gonna say. It's he's a beast. Okay, like I love Brandon Mourinho. Yeah. How can you not cheer for that guy? He is the epitome of being like a face in terms of like face and heel in in UFC. Who doesn't love Brandon Mourinho? The way that kid landed that body kick. Oh. It's like he had a knife in a foot. He's, he thought his foot was a knife and he just yeah. stabbed him with it. I loved how he worked it all night long, too. He was patient. He kept hitting it over and over again throughout the fight, right in the same spot, man. And then eventually, like, you, know, you can only think so much, man. It was punishing the way he was doing it. And he kept... Kaikara France, man, he would, he, he would like, block... Just perfect timing. He would throw his hands up, and as soon as those hands went up, bang! Mourinho was hitting him with that kick uh, to finish his combo. It was. I actually had to go back and rewatch that fight recently because uh, we had probably had the greatest SummerSlam main event happening yeah, of all time. No, I was going night like Brock Lesnar was flipping the <laughs> ring with a tractor and shit. I like that was the, prime entertainment. It was good. Usually when shit gets broken, it's. It, like, doesn't stay broken, you yeah. know? Like, it kind of gets fixed while the fight's going on. Yeah. I have never, and I'm talking about SummerSlam here, because, like, Brock Lesnar, you know, let's talk about it, like, UFC legend. Yeah. Right? To lift the ring with a, to leave that shit suspended in the air, <laughs> and then to have an entire match worth of scrapping on the side of this broken ring, and shout out to Nissan Stadium, absolute amazing host, home of the Tennessee Titans. Just throwing that in there. Oh, I love those Titans. So there it is. King Paul's, Harry. Paul's even a fan because of SummerSlam now. Uh, honestly, SummerSlam was one of the better uh, WWE pay-per-views I've seen in a while. That match was, you know what, nothing like a last man standing. The money in the bank. It had oh, everything. Like, yeah. You had interference. You had Paul Heyman going through a table. That was epic, man. Yeah, you had a money a, in the bank cash oh, in. The way I, Roman fell out of the ring, too, was yeah, hilarious yeah. when Brock lifted it up. Did he cash in? No. No. He didn't cash in. He didn't cash They never no. opened the briefcase. Yeah. The ref was about to grab it, and then he got fucked Is up. Is it bad that, like, honestly, I think that's the best thing that they made up in the longest time especially the fact that they have the briefcase at all times that thing is a weapon it's a great prop it would be my favorite thing i wouldn't even care about winning (laughs) titles i wouldn't even care if i botch having well having i would get that so over the have the money in the bank briefcase like that thing would be my pet i would crush everyone the way i look at the money in the bank briefcase is it is pretty much a championship. It's pretty much the heavyweight championship because at some point it's going to get cashed in and, and he's leaving with that title. We I hope he does. CM I love Punk that kid. Do this. Yeah. Austin Theory. That you kid's like dope. I love that oh, kid. Oh, man. 
Like, you know, he's I, so like, active and professional. I gotta give it to him. Like, he's always there, and he's pretty funny. Like, I, I it's, it's all right. That he's the part kid's of that. been I'm elevating not, every storyline. He's a good piece of the product. I can't lie. Like, he, he, he kind of like grew onto me like a fungus. After his, <laughs> after his WrestleMania match versus McAfee, it like sent him to like, I, in my opinion. At that point, to take that match, that's such a pro move. You don't have to take a match versus some nobody. You're not getting a storyline versus somebody in the WWE. You're just fighting Pat McAfee to, for fun. And to do that and then like just be a stud later, I just I love the kid, man. But you're 25 or 24 years old at the time, and you get offered to get stunnered by Stone Cold Steve. You don't say no to that. You take that stunner. And anybody That's the dream on his stunner cell. Fuck like, you. That's <laughs> just bullshit. The yeah. lo- the the more flamboyant the cell, the better the stunner. I don't care. Don't forget that Brock Lesnar F five them off of Elimination Chamber Pod too. He got F five into the barrier. Bro, like this guy did. has been like beaten up over the one of the tribalsmen or whatever they are. They got thrown Decent. right on their face. The bloodline. Yeah, he got thrown right on his face. (laughs) Yeah, I thought he was going to break his neck. Yeah, speaking of uh, someone falling on their face uh, at this point in their career. Derek Lewis? Yeah, man, that's pretty bad. And and it pains me because I... You posted on your MMA Dissect uh, a question that I thought was fair. Was it stopped too early? And this is kind of my take on that, is that it might have been. And the reason why I say that is because they're big boys. These big boys have the kind of power where they change a fight in one punch, even just grazing the head. It's it's crazy. So it's like, I kind of think when you're a referee, you have to use your impartial judgment. And don't forget, a lot of heavyweights, unless you're Alistair Overeem, don't even have that many f- fights, I find. They, they, they retire kind of quick. Like, these guys, you can let them kind of take a little more. You also got guys like a Linux who've been kicking around for 22 fucking years He's now. been strangling everybody yeah. like, for those years, but he doesn't get knocked out that bad. Like, he, he gets saved pretty... Like, he, you don't see him go cold like Alistair has. Like, Alistair has been, like, stiffed how many times, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. that's a guy, like, I mean, I, I, I was surprised that he was still fighting. He's like, fighting Badr Hari in glory. That's, that doesn't sound very... And with Lewis, like... So in hindsight, I think the fight was stopped too early. Yeah. But in the moment, I don't blame the ref. The dude fell straight on his face. It did not look good. Lewis, when he got knocked out versus uh, Ty, right? Or Ty Tuivasa, right? He got elbowed and fell straight to his face. Mm Mm-hmm. And it looked exactly the same, just he wasn't sleeping. You got uppercutted and fell straight to your face. I'm sorry, Derek, but you've been knocked out now. I don't know how many fucking times. Honestly, I feel for DL. Like, I I hope that he takes some time. Like, it'd be nice to see him, like, take, like, eight months or, like, a year off. I'm just going to say something that a lot of us are thinking. Don't, don't, don't be, don't be that guy. He's an entertaining person. He's a shitty fighter. Okay, I'm going to disagree. And the reason why is because he has his streak. I just feel as if that he's been so active for so long over a recent time. Like, every four months, this guy's fine. So, like, at the end of the day, I really think that, like, 
he he needs to put, pump the brakes a little bit. He needs to definitely like like take some time off and then come back because whoever he's gonna come back to and whoever he's gonna accept a fight against, it's not like it's gonna be a top five. I don't think he's gonna come back and fight a guy that's more like like think of Chris Dawkins when he fought him and look how much better he was than him. Like I think that Derek Lewis is a better. And probably the ultimate gatekeeper of the heavyweight division right now. If you get past Derek Lewis, you you deserve your stripes. The guy's knocked out more people than anybody in the entire UFC. It's in history. He's got a very limited skill set. I find like it's not an expansive skill set, but he's fu- it fucking works. Like he he's beating great guys. Yeah. He sells tickets, too. Like like he's gotten good wins. I'm saying he's entertaining. I love yeah, the guy. Yeah, he is entertaining. I just don't know if his skill set's adding up to these guys that are coming up these days in the heavyweight division. Yeah. These guys are just getting better all around. That dude could have done whatever he wanted with Derek Lewis in that fight. That's where I find my concern for him. That Russian cat is a beast. Like I could see him fighting for a title. That's what I'm like, saying. He, he looked Pavlik. really good. That he could have beat him in any aspect of the fight, and he he way outboxed him. I'm not talking about like just kind of outboxing. Derek Lewis is known as a boxer striker, and he got viciously outboxed, right, by a guy who people think is like a wrestler. Most people think Russians are wrestlers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I the one thing about this guy is he's got like so many knockouts in his last. He's literally knocked out everybody except for three guys that he's fought. Four guys, if you count, he lost to Overeem uh, early in his UFC career. And that's his only loss is to Overeem by knockout. Other than that, this guy's on a four-fight win streak, all first-round knockouts. <laughs> he's he, he's on a tear. Like, this guy is a serious threat in the division. He's going to get a tougher test next time. you got to think he's getting a Blades. He's getting a... Uh, who else would be... Another guy up there. Up there in the upper... Gagne. Yeah, Tai Tuivasa. I think they're booked to each other. I think Gagne and Tuivasa are fighting each other in Paris. Is that an interim? I, think I don't interim. know. I'm not sure. I don't think so. Should be. I think they're you planning... Think so? It should be an interim. Though. I think they're planning on a Stipe Jones interim at the end of the year. No, really? Yeah. I forgot about Stipe. Like, I thought Stipe retired. I'm not going to lie. He's he should retire. I'm not going to lie. I thought he retired. I thought... I ain't seen him since Ngannou showed up. And all of a sudden, now, that's just like... It's a different jungle. Well, I mean, really. at the end of the day, this is the couch test action. We're sitting here on the couch, and they're the ones getting punched in the face for a lot of money. So. Are you kidding? I'm willing to get punched in the face for a little bit of money. Like, a very <laughs> small like, amount of money. Oh. Like you're selling his booty again. My <laughs> dream is to be a five and two hundred fighter. Like five wins, two hundred losses. Like I don't even need much money. You pay my travel expenses and give <laughs> you me. You sound like a whore. Right I now. am a whore. <laughs> I will put on great fights for you. I am finding this like it's gonna happen. This podcast is gonna do it for me. It's gotta be a better. That's way the dream. Pop. Can That's I manage I'm you at least? <laughs> You can fucking corner me if you want. I don't oh, know. I definitely <laughs> want to corner you. Elbows! Elbows! This is a boxing match, sir. I just want the front row seat. I'm probably no help if I squeeze you. You'll be right at the cage. I would be such a I don't need your guys' help. I'll be fine losing be, 200 fights. Yeah, I would be a fantastic corner man in the UFC. How hard can it be to lose? 
I mean, like, I'm gonna, I'm, once again, I'm not going to throw. Like, I'm going to try. But if you got a legit guy you're trying to build, I'm your guy to help build him. If you got the next Khabib, I can help turn him into Khabib Khabib. I think the real question we should ask, or maybe Julian Pena should ask, is how hard is it to win a round? Because, man. And she won the last fight. <laughs> So, she, no, she, she finished it. Oh, man. I'm telling you right now, like, the difference between that, Julia, and, and the... So, phone <laughs> can't pick up, but I looked at Paul pretty aggressively in the eye. If Amanda Nunez <laughs> wanted to finish that fight... 50-43. He would have finished her. What if Amanda Nunez wanted to finish the first fight? How'd she, how would she look for the other... Three rounds. I'm not no, gonna... I think Amanda Nunez's cardio was trash, and she wanted to prove. And I think that... she would have looked just as bad, but she didn't survive. I she don't got think finished. A first three rounds finish versus Pena does anything for Nunez compared to what what I saw from Nunez in a five round fight where she dominated her. Right. In my opinion, now Pena, there's nothing. Pena doesn't have the cardio even on her side anymore. So you can't scrap. You can't, you can't discredit Pena for being tough enough to survive to the end and not going out in the first. I, I'll i tell you what. No, she's tough as nails. I'm like, not discrediting no her. I'm saying I think if I'm the psyche of a fighter, if I'm Nunez, I want to go five rounds, beat your fucking ass, right? Make sure that when you know when we walk into the ring for a third time, there isn't... Everyone said, oh, well, Pena is going to out, she's going to out uh, cardio her. She's, she can out jits her. She, she's tougher. She's this. She's that. Nunez can't last past the third round. Everyone thinks that. Well, Nunez shattered those in this fight. Nunez has been past the third round before. Cardio is just fine, but I just don't, I think it's unfair to discredit Pena for not going out in the second. I won't say that I won't discredit. Because if I'm a fighter, I want to finish the fight faster than you finished me the last time. No, like, that's I, my. I, I'll give it. I'll thinking. give all the ultimate respect to Pena. Like she's tough as nails. She got her ass whooped round after round after round and kept going up. Like don't get me wrong. Like and I, she was throwing up submission attempts, like trying no, like, to finish because she knew like I'm not winning on the cards. But like, I need to hope this is my chance. But this is just one of those things. I just find like even. How could we, like, I understand in the first fight that she was better than Nunez on She that wasn't night. even better. Like, it was just one moment turned into two moments that turned into a finish. Realistically, in the first fight, Nunez was doing almost the same thing. She was beating her ass in the first round. Coming into the second round, Pena started landing her combos, just like she did in this fight. Nunez ate those, but then Nunez got tired. So it was a moment turned into another moment that turned into a finish. Realistically, if you're talking about rounds per rounds, and what was the second round finish? Yeah. So Nunez has won, what, five, six rounds versus her in the last two fights? Nunez didn't win that first round. I thought last fight, uh, last fight, I, I, I gotta remember it. I can't remember it, obviously. I'm, I'm I don't gonna, know. It was a great fight I, for Pena that everybody instantly fucking forgot about <laughs> the second Nunez fucking no, but, showed up. But my thing is, like, here's here's what I'm saying. is like, I 
I can't believe everyone forgot who Nunez is if it's time. She's the GOAT. Well, the, she pretty much Well, showed... Val's the GOAT. But, well, Nunez, I don't, I, there's a discussion there. Oh, Valentina would absolutely shred Pena. I, I have no doubt Valentina did shred Pena. Well, that's my point. So then, like, if you're going to put that in perspective, showing Nunez and Valentina in this. Like, Nunez, this was the real Nunez this time. Like, it's almost like we... Like, whatever it was, who knows what happens in training camps and stuff and this and that. She showed up the last fight. She thought she'd be fine. She wasn't fine. She got her ass whooped. And then she comes back and throws up one of the most lopsided type... No, might be the most lopsided title dominant performances in the history of the UFC. I actually took the liberty of Googling the best ones and the most lopsided ones of all time, just to name a few. One of them is... George St. Pierre versus Alves hmm. was 50 to 44 on a car, on one judge's card, then 50 to 45. He 50 43 Dan Hardy. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's also on this yeah. list, too. Randy Couture, 50 44 over Tito Ortiz. After Tito was on his big that's streak, fantastic. he went four or five like in a row and stuff. And then Couture came and landed 194 strikes. <laughs> On the ground, basically, the entire thing just pounded on Tito Ortiz's face. Um, George, uh, George St. Pierre versus Dan Hardy, as you mentioned. He 50-43'd him. He 50-44'd across the board on John Fitch. And 50-43'd him in, on one of the cards, which was pretty huge. And the biggest one of all time was Rich Franklin. He beat David Loazzo 50-42'd. Yeah, I remember across that. The board. that was a bad one. Yeah, it was Rich Franklin's second... Uh, title defense. And school teacher, man. <laughs> Yo, man, he he taught David Loazzo a lesson. I was <laughs> I was so sad though, like because like wasn't that, was... that just before Anderson Silva taught him a lesson? Oh, about I, tie like, clinches, though. I think I think Vanderlei taught the world about tie clinches, and if he didn't, then Vanderlei was over in Japan at the same time, anyway. So it's like no, but Anderson Silva is the one that need him in the next year. Poor guy. Anderson Silva was so different. Because he wasn't just beating people. He was embarrassing them. I've never seen a guy in my life where he walked to the cage and you just knew right away somebody's going... Like, I've never had a confidence in in somebody walking to the cage. Like him and GSP are those guys... John Jones is one of those guys, man. Like, like those are... But that that was it, like... Khabib, yeah. You you kind of got that vibe from Khabib when he went to the cage. Like you, you I'm not going to lie to you, okay? Silva was different. No, man. but Silva was different. I'm starting to get first. that vibe from Brandon Moreno. Really? I, I said this to you. I don't know, man. Oh, let me explain. That's If you think about his actual resume right now, right? He's going to have to fight Figgy a fourth time. Figgy made Benavides, who was at the time... Arguably the flyweight goat, right? No. We're up there? Not even close. Well, who'd be flyweight goat? Demetrius Johnson. Oh, yeah. My bad. My bad. <laughs> so DJ's DJ. the goat, right? But I'm looking at Brandon Moreno, and I'm like, I told Paul, I said, listen, if Moreno goes out there versus Kai Carfrat, city kickboxing guy, they're all coming up hard and heavy right now, all of them. If he has an amazing performance versus Kaikar, I'm not talking an Israel Adesanya, you know, five-round half snoozer. I'm talking, like, finish or do what he did. Yeah. I'm like, what, so you go take the full title back, you know, 
unify your belt against Figgy in December. Two title defenses after that against what's going to be Kaikara or that, that other... Pantoja kid that Pantoja kid who already Pantoja has a kid. win over him, too. That's what I'm saying, though. Pantoja but, already beat him. But I'm saying, but this is a different type of Moreno. He's in a pocket right this now. This is a different Pantoja, we too. Always talk <laughs> about, we always talk about when these guys get into these pockets. Moreno is scary right now. And I think pound for pound... Val, like, don't get me wrong, he's a beast. I just don't think he's on that Anderson Silva level. Not Anderson Silva. I'm saying skill wise, overall in the UFC right now. Tell me a guy who's like when when I when I see Mourinho walk into the ring, I don't see him losing to Figueredo. Like coming up, I didn't I see him at all losing that, to Kai yeah, That's, I, a, that was that's how I feel. There's a reason they're fighting a fourth time. You know what I mean? Like it's been close enough that they had to fight a fourth time. That's that's. When you think Anderson, of Anderson lost fights too, though. No, but it was Anderson, the same. but he was so much in front of everybody. Not right? his prime in the UFC. And same, with, and same with George. Like even John. Like look at what John Jones did every time he rematched somebody. It was it was bad. He separated himself that way. I find with Mourinho, the only problem with him and Figueroa, if you separated yourself and you were that much the best, there is no rematch. Even DJ, I hate to say it, like as much as he's the flyweight goat. We never got a third fight with him and Cejudo. So, like, for that, I kind did of... Did we need it? Huh? Did we need it? We, I think we did. We did not need it. I, I feel know. like DJ's still decisively better than him. He lost. The last second year. fight. Yeah. Well, that Barely. was the most recent fight. The most recent fight. You could argue otherwise, So, why too. can't they have the third fight? That's what I'm because saying. Because the UFC traded them. Traded them. I find that ridiculous. The that one trade in UFC history. Can you imagine now, with the way that flyweight is, you bring back DJ... Well, that could happen. It, it should happen. And him and Cejudo, before Cejudo retired and ran away like a little whatever he is, a little puss. Like, and for people who don't know about Moreno Figueredo, since we keep talking about it, it's hard to keep up with. Even we struggle remembering sometimes. But the first fight ended in a draw, <laughs> mainly because of a point deduction. It probably would have went to Figueredo without the point deduction. The second fight ended up with Moreno subbing... Figueroa via rear naked choke, and the third fight was a super close razor decision victory for Figueroa. I understand the need for the fourth fight. I agree with it. Everybody wants to see the fourth fight. But I didn't agree that Mourinho lost the third fight. I think there's an argument there. There's a hardcore argument, but I'm not going to be one of those people. But if Figgy won the fight, he won the fight. But at the end of the day, Mourinho's right here again. Interim champ, right so. back into your face. It shows that those two guys are standalones, but there's a lot of good guys coming up. That shows how good that division is right now. It's funny, and like like a like we keep referring uh, referring to like and we said earlier in the podcast. It's crazy we can sit here and talk about the flyweight division excitedly like that. It's, it's been so a long it's, time. It's, I don't think ever. I don't it's, think ever. It's dirty down there. It's the monsters. Even Kaikar France is a beast. He's, like, yeah. he's really a beast. He really took Mourinho to, like, to, you know, push him, too. He took him to places. He took him to places. Well, I did say to Paul, though, when we were watching the fight, I'm like, Mourinho fights like a champion. When you watch him fight, there's he doesn't give up moments. When you land your biggest strike, he lands three strikes right back. He doesn't give you moments. He takes moments. He knows that he, he understands rounds. He just fights like a champion. And I... I think he's about to hit a pocket where he just dominates. 
a lot of dudes in that division right now. I, I can see it, but it's tougher than ever. Once again, there's Pantoja again. He's going to have to fight him, and he's already <laughs> taken it. And Figueredo's no easy task. Figueredo, I think, is the guy. Think he's uh, got yeah. some losses to his I, I kind of disagree with what you were saying, Marcus, to be honest, because I think Figueredo's a better fighter. I think he's going to win. Right, that's I don't I, think Figueredo's better overall. I think, I think Moreno's one of the most skilled, technically, fighters in the UFC. I think technically Figueroa's gonna beat Mourinho. <laughs> I will I will predict that, call it. I, I think for Figueroa's that guy, man. I think he's he he's not gonna let go of that belt. It's not gonna happen again, I don't I don't feel. I feel like he's probably gonna train probably better than both these guys are, like don't get me wrong and stuff, but I really think that like Figueroa's gonna come with a purpose, man. You also got Askar Askarov kicking around. I forgot about him. I'm pretty sure he already fought Moreno, too, and they went to a draw. So you can always do that again. Man. A lot of options. It's a lot so of crazy. options at flyweight. Mm -hmm. Craziness. Some good guys down there. What's, uh, so we're, what's happening on uh, Saturday? I think it's this Saturday. It's August 6th. We got uh, Jamal Hill. And I love Jamal Hill. If you haven't seen this guy's social media, you need to go check, like, fuck this podcast, go to Jamal Hill's social media, <laughs> and check it out, because it's hilarious. TikTok, like, oh, it's just great. So, he, in his last fight, who did he just knock out? It was Johnny Walker, wasn't it? I can't recall. I'm pretty sure he's the guy who knocked out Johnny if I'm not mistaken, he knocked out Johnny Walker where Johnny Walker did like the, the string beam fallback. Like the high, highlight reel knockout. Phone's not How much is Johnny Walker yeah. being knocked out now? Yeah, it was it was Johnny Walker. You knocked him out in like two minutes. And, uh, did you just call it a string beam knockout? Bro, look at the way he did. <laughs> You're so not wrong. Though. No, like, that's what you looked. I know, right? Like, you looked like he a stiff caterpillar. I don't know. He felt funny. He felt very funny. Um, I think Hill's a contender series guy, too, wasn't he? I think so. Uh, possibly. Pretty sure. I know that, you know what? He knocked out uh, Ovid St. Pru as well. He got caught by Paul Craig, and then he knocked out Jimmy Crute in the first round, and now Johnny Walker. Like, this guy is really... This guy is really... Another guy in the mix for that time. Maybe light heavyweight isn't as bad as we're saying it is. I don't think Tiago yeah. Santos is going to win this fight. Maybe we should shit on heavyweight a bit more instead. <laughs> I don't think heavyweight, I still... I you still know who I think though. we should really talk about for a second and give some shit? Francis Nagano. Why don't you fight somebody? You just got knee surgery. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> fuck your knee. Fucking make it better magically. Fight somebody. Like, you know what I mean? I'm fucking tired of this shit. Oh, man. Just he annoys me. Wine, wine, I want more money. He's never going to fight. I don't he just fought. Like 30 years ago. No, it wasn't that long ago. It feels like a while, man. So who do you want to feed him? It was January. Who do you want to feed him? Like, you're all mad and you got all this frustration. Who do you hate in the heavyweight division enough that you're going to feed him? Fucking fight guy? someone. You got Derek Lewis fighting every four months. Why don't you fight every fucking, I don't know, six months? <laughs> you can't. Oh, I got knee surgery. No, you didn't. You're just... Like, I no, I think you legitimately got knee surgery. No, he didn't. He was <laughs> fine. He was fine. He's just he's just changing the oil. <laughs> this guy annoys me. Oh man. Oh, who was it? Blades uh Blades just beat Aspinall, right? 
Yeah. I'm just trying to think of what the division looks What, are you like. going to give Blades Naganu for a third time? No, I'm just looking at who like who would he fight next and then... He'd probably fight Taito Ivasa if Taito Ivasa can beat Gane. I also, I'm telling you right now, uh, he's not beating Gane, and Gane is then going to fight again for the title. And he's not going to get wrestle-fucked this time. Uh, Francis learned how to fucking wrestle, and that's scary. Yeah, I didn't think that, I don't think Look at that... Stipe's eyes during the fight when he realized <laughs> that Francis learned how to wrestle. That man's just like, I'm fucked, what do I do now? Like, this was the game plan, and apparently that's over. I don't think Gane thought that, uh, that he was going to wrestle like that. No, I don't think he saw it coming. That's so I don't sure. think you work on it, and then all of a sudden you're trying to pummel and shit with no, like... I'm not saying no training, I'm just saying, like, no work on that during your fight camp. It's tough to, like, you blow a lot of energy quick, and then when you're a striker, naturally, it's kind of tough to, like, get your striking going when you is actually on the feet, and then, all oh, you're worried about that. I think you give Gane three months, which he's fighting up, coming up, He's going to work on his wrestling and shit. He's probably technically the best striker in the division, I guess. Like, right? Like, kickboxing-wise. Then you add the fact that he doesn't want to get wrestled like the next time he faces Naganu. Is that something he can fix, though? Because how so. much of Naganu's wrestling ability is just freak strength? I think probably about 40. It's like 60-40. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's like 40% skill, 60% strength. Because Francis is definitely stronger than anyone in the division. I actually, He's on yeah, some freak shit. I love the top, like, eight or top ten of this division. It's tragic. Well, what did he do for a living? He was hauling sand? Something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know who's also got to come up is Romanov. Alexander Romanov is, is a prospect in that division. He's undefeated, uh, an undefeated heavyweight who, uh, I think he's been getting like just straight knockouts, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's got, yeah, he's 16 and 0, says here. And, uh, he's won six by knockout and nine by submission. So he's finished 15 of those fights. Um, he's going to fight Tigura next. That's coming up, uh, at US. August 20th. Yeah, August 20th. He fights him. And honestly, He's gonna. Pro I think he'll he'll win that fight. And then you look just above him is Volkov, Rosenstrike, uh, Chris Dockhaus, and Derek Lewis is like right there. Aspinall has dropped to like six. Pavlich has now moved up to fifth. Um, so I'm thinking like he is gonna get a fight like with uh, with Blades probably would be his next step. Hmm. The thing is, what I find odd about heavyweight is like. Any with I'm looking at this top ten and any of these guys, if they lose their next fight, I would not all of them, but a lot of them, I would not be surprised if they retired. Like if Lewis loses his next fight, he might go. Like Stipe, if he loses his next fight, might be the last time you see him. Francis win or lose, it might be the last time you see him. He is not happy with the UFC apparently. Has Lewis and Rosenstrike fought? Ooh, I don't know. If not, then that would be the fight right there, because they're both getting... They're, 
I think they're both kind of close to each other in that division. Yeah, actually, I like and your matchmaking idea. Yeah, I think that would be, in my opinion, it'd be one logical. I think they're just kind of knocking each other out. <laughs> double knockout? Yeah. I'd love to see a double knockout. I'd like to see the payout on a double knockout. Whoever <laughs> <laughs> bet that. Who wins? Uh, what, Rosa Strike and Lewis? No, who wins a double knockout? Whoever bet on it. Oh, no way. No way. Yeah, no, it's sorry. Just I just had a super blonde moment there. Yeah. <laughs> whoever wins. No, whoever no, bet on the knockout, I guess it's man. a draw like, at that point, right? Or whoever hit the ground first loses. <laughs> I don't think there's ever been a situation in, like, a high-level league, like a Bellator or UFC. I know Bellator came close with uh, Mitrione and Fedor. Hmm. That was real close to a double knockout. They both dropped, and Mitrione oh, just got uh, up. Maybe Gray Maynard, the DDT. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a beauty. DDT's cool in wrestling, not so great for MMA. Uh, I mean, it depends. If you're the guy giving the DDT, you're probably going to do all right, but I've never seen it yet. So. Well, he knocked the guy out, then DDT'd himself with someone else's body, and then knocked himself out. Not the sharpest move I've ever seen. No. That's for sure. And then he went on to knock Frankie Edgar out 42 times in one fight. <laughs> he literally... Wait, wait, he, not, he honestly killed him. And brought him back to life by hitting him again, and then he killed him again. <laughs> like, that was like actually, though. he honestly sent him to the shadow realm on four separate occasions in four different directions, and somehow, some way, Frankie knocks him out. Like that's some Cinderella fairy tale shit right there. I really wish Frankie went to bantamweight a lot sooner. Ooh, like, like way lighter. Like, no, like sooner, like a lot sooner. He's a lightweight. He was a lightweight. He was the That's champion. why I want to see him at bantamweight. Like twenty what? pounds. He so, was good at lightweight though. But wasn't lightweight for a the time. Weight class though. I would have thought featherweight. Yeah. But even bantamweight. There was no featherweight at the time. How could there be bantamweight but not? There wasn't bantamweight at the time when Frankie was champ. But I'm saying even when, even when featherweight showed up, I think featherweight would have suited him best. I think he should have left lightweight right away once those like lighter divisions got in there. Like if you could have made bantamweight this whole time, you fucking should have been. I think. Think about how good he is. Yeah, he's so good. He could have been bantamweight. Go. Here's what I also got to compare though. You know who he had to beat if he wanted to go to 45, and he probably. Well, I don't think he ever did. Yeah, the Grim he, Reaper after he got killed 42 times? Well, no, after, well, after he gets back from the Grim Reaper, literally, Jose Aldo. Like, you gotta face Jose Aldo and try to take that belt. Jose Aldo or, you know, older Khabib BJ Khabib Ferguson. They were, well, no, he stayed there, like, at that point, yeah, that's way later. But I'm saying Frankie won the title against BJ Penn. Like, back then, he was kind of an alright, you know, he was... Well, back then, he was fine for it, but as these guys who were elite at cutting weight, you got guys like Khabib, who were, like, fucking 190, making 155. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Like, that's when I think, but by then, by the time Khabib showed up, Featherweight was there. So, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, everything is timing for what Frankie Edgar, I think, could have done even better, but... Even, I say that, like, as if, you know, Conor McGregor wasn't on the rise in featherweight. 
And then you had Max Connor Holloway. Connor in his run was fucking unstoppable. You know, Max Holloway was there too. At Featherweight mm-hmm. as well. Like, that, that, that was a After losing the Connor, Max went on what? A 13 win streak? Yeah. Yeah. Chad Mendez was still there too. He was, he's a problem in that division. He only had lost to pretty much McGregor and Aldo. Until, yeah, like he was until he fought Volk. He, he yeah, and he, he that was much later. On. That was after his suspension. Yeah, and stuff. I was gonna say that was he, that was probably one of the weirder suspensions. You ever hear about that? Yeah, it's uh, I don't know full details. He had some sort of skin problem, and he got a cream for it. And apparently, there was something in the cream that Usada didn't like, and they suspended him for two years. Because you know what? That makes me laugh really hard because as. I mean, I work with horses my whole life, right? I mean, I'm in horse racing. And I think it's funny that's relatable to Bob Baffert because when he first tested positive on, like, for for um, for a horse that ran in a big steak race for, like, a million dollars. He tried saying it was skin cream. No, no, he said it was skin cream and everything. Like, he said, oh, the horse had a rash and we put this on. Mm. on and that's why he tested positive. Like, I think that's funny that you use the same excuse. Uh, Which they they did ver I'm pretty sure they did they verify it, it and yeah. it was a true story, and they just had to do it anyways or whatever because he didn't disclose it first. That's it, silly, it was like though. a technicality. He got he lost two years of his career because that's of that's crap, you know, over over what could be just polysporin. Yeah, that's crap. Like I definitely think it's almost disrespectful to him as a guy who was in the division. It's not like he was T.J. Dillashaw. Yeah. yeah, it's not like you're the CEO <laughs> of EPO here or anything. Uh, girl, oh, Killershaw. Dillashaw. Well, who's he fighting next? He's fighting. He's fighting soonish, I think. Yeah, he's supposed to step up soon. It's uh, I can't remember who he's fighting though. He's fought and... since he fought Sandhagen, right? Yeah, but I think isn't he fighting Aldo? Is that, he... that feels like a long time ago. Who is he fighting? He beat yeah, he beat Sandhagen in July. Um, by split last year by split on top of that too I think he had a surgery didn't he he had to take time off I know he got hurt he got banged up oh what am I thinking he's fighting for the title he's fighting Aljo at UFC 280 yeah absolutely that's silly on the Oliviera Makachev card well, it's it, we were probably forgetting because we can't believe that TJ Dillashaw is a fucking title shot already. <laughs> Guy I mean, comes back was, from his EPO trip off a split decision, and wins takes one a fight year off. that wasn't great, a split decision, and yeah. now they're giving, probably the only one willing to fly to Abu Dhabi. Yeah, honestly, I think that's the new flyweight division. Bantamweight? Yeah. Are you crazy? Are you saying it's empty? It's not empty. It's just annoying. <laughs> what do you mean it's annoying? Flyweight was never annoying, though. It just, a bunch it was, of whiny dudes. Flyweight wasn't like oh, that. I find, I find lightweight is a bunch of whiny dudes. Because bantamweight is stacked. You got Aljo the champ. You O'Malley got Jan. You got Dillashaw, Aldo, Sandhagen. O'Malley got... the soon-to-be champ. Oh. Did you... How'd you not vomit? saying that garbage I'm about to yeah, like honestly my ears will never be the same and you don't have Q-tips here you guys should start on the wave like I am the I wave. already I, I can see what's happening the rainbow the wave the UFC's been holding them 
And then he's going to mangle Yawn because the UFC hates If Jan he now. can beat Yawn, I think I have to join the wave at this that point. This is so silly. This no, because, no, like, actually, though. He's like, fighting Yawn. Don't though. even be that guy. Hear I'm me out. No, guy. no, this don't gonna... be that guy. Let me ask you an honest question, okay? okay. Let's just play the hypothetical game because at the end of the day, saying that Yawn can beat another dude at the same weight, regardless of what we think are their skill sets, inside the octagon, is also hypothetical. Right? Like, it's a... I understand skill sets and saying, like... But it's an opinion to say that Jan can beat O'Malley. We know O'Malley has an entire skill set that can beat a Jan. Look what Jan... Okay, I I will say one thing. If you watch the first Jan and Aljo fight, before Jan took over... Like, has O'Malley even beat a UFC fighter yet? It doesn't matter. I just it doesn't up. matter. Right, it, bro, I'm, I'm looking at it the UFC. I, I just like, want to put one thing into perspective here. I'm on the UFC McGregor website. went on his hot streak at 27. And O'Malley's the guys he beat, like Poirier's still like the top of his division. Holloway's still the top of his division. Like He beat real names. All okay, those still like, high up in a division. Holloway now? Who knows? Probably not. McGregor's not what he once was. I just think that... Could that McGregor then beat Holloway now? Probably. Mm, maybe, yeah. Like, that McGregor was a different model. I gotta tell you guys But something. he's not that fucking guy anymore. I'm looking on the UFC rankings on mm. the website right now, okay? Just put it in perspective. What, did, what were you saying about Sean O'Malley? He hasn't beaten anyone in the top ten, right? Like, who do you, who do you, Cheeto Vera, right? Who has he beat that's still in the UFC? Okay, Cheeto Vera. No, wait. No, Cheeto right. beat lost. his ass. That's right. Yeah. My bad. My bad. Okay, he Pedro Munoz is still there. He's number nine. That was a no contest. You poked him in the eye. Oh, I forgot about Pedro Munoz. He didn't Munoz beat him either. quit. Whatever. He's, it was a no contest. You poked him in the eye. I, <laughs> I think it's funny that Peter Yan is literally number one. He's number one. He's the number one contender fighting the number one, the number thirteen contender. Fourteen, yeah, thirteen. Well, it's not. I'm not against O'Malley fighting Yawn. I'm just against considering him a favorite of any kind. I'm not considering him a favorite. I don't think he should be a favorite. If I'm a betting man, I'm going to bet Yawn. I'm simply saying that it's hypothetical both ways for us to say that Yawn's going to win for sure. Not, we've seen O'Malley's skill set. The, the kid has power. He has legit power for the division. Okay, whether he's knocking out cans or not, power is power. Putting a man to sleep takes skill. He has striking. He has a little bit of jits. I've seen him win submission underground. Okay, the kid can jits. So if John takes him down and he's in that position, now I understand he didn't get a finish versus Cheeto when he got hurt, right? He really lost. He didn't chase for a finish. He could have gone for a submission. He lost. He got hurt and then got his ass shit. He got elbowed in the submission and then he just out. lost to a good fighter. And he and lost. There's no shame losing the Cheeto. But like Cheeto's a great fighter. I don't think it's crazy if this kid just all of a sudden clicks and is just that guy. The UFC has been basically coddling his nuts <laughs> since the day he knocked out the dude in Contender Series and Snoop Dogg yelled O'Malley a million fucking times. Right. I got it. It's this guy is good. I, I'm saying he's good, he's and it's not, not crazy for me the Pedro, to think that he's there. The Munoz fight didn't give me any confidence that he can beat Jan. I'm gonna say right now that Peter Jan 
is not happy that he just lost against Sterling. I don't think Young cares. He's super Russian. No, but that's kind of the thing. Is what if he's like, like he might angry. just rage, get in there, yeah, and beat the like, fuck out of him? Yo, like what if like what if Jan's like really <laughs> pissed off, and like what if O'Malley like made he's got him? some pink-haired American talking shit about him? He's just like, no, no, in my country, we we don't let this fly. This is it, it's it could be bad. It's, it, I think it's gonna like be if bad. O'Malley gets embarrassed and the hype train's over, oh, I dude, might send Jan like a muffin over. basket that's or my, something. That's literally where I'm at. Right but now. what happens if O'Malley wins? Then I probably cry Ugh. because I'm gonna have to hear more and more about this. But what if O'Malley knocks him the fuck out in the first round? Then I probably cry because I'm gonna need to hear more and more about O'Malley. I won't. You, I'm gonna take away his skills and the fact that I don't mind watching him fight because he's exciting and he knocks out. A people. big problem too is yeah. Jan probably needs a finish, or he's gonna have a million fucking O'Malley fans going sixteen and zero undefeated. <laughs> he didn't lose that. The judges robbed him. Yeah, no matter what, it could be fifty to forty-three, and that is what they'll say. Or fifty. Yeah, no, I'll say that in a three-round fight, fifty-four-three. <laughs> Good math. Quick yeah, math. Big fan. Yeah. There's ten minute, ten minute rounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man. Honestly, so what's the what's the next event again? We we were just talking. About we went over it with Hill and who's the who's the co-main? Oh, gotta be a decent co-main. It's not pay-per-view. It's just a fight night, so I don't think it's anything it's too Luke and crazy. Jeff Neal. Oh, that's a good fight, actually. That's it's a Luke really good fight. And it's you... Fight. Oh, it's a tough finale. Yeah, you are. So you also have Muhammad Usman, Kamaru Usman's little brother. Well, little in age, maybe. Big and big, and big size thing. Versus Zach Puaga. You got Brogan Walker versus Julian Miller. Juliana Miller, my bad. Ariane Lipsky's on the card, apparently. It doesn't say who she's fighting. Spivak. Augusto Saki versus Sergi Spiviak. I was just about to say Spiviak's yeah. on the card. Spiviak's always for a good time. I know, you like you like your... your One of my favorites, Spivak. Sam Alvey. No. Might be on like an eight-loss win streak, but you know. Eight-loss win streak. Eight-loss win streak, that's what I'm going to call it, you know. Because <laughs> even when he loses, he wins. <laughs> How does that work? Um, because he's the best. Because right. he's smiling all the way through it. <laughs> he's getting punched in the face, but he's smiling. He's fighting Mikhail Oleski's Jewess. Mm. I fucked up that name viciously, but, <laughs> you know, whatever. And Terrence so McKinney. Marcus is a big Terrence McKinney guy. He's on the a, card. I am a team Eric guy. He's fighting Eric Gonzalez. I like Team McKinney. He's interesting. I don't know why he's interesting to me. I just like the guy. I think he's he puts like on a, fun fights. He's a like, and we got a lot of dude. people who put on fun fights here. Yeah, he's a really likable dude. Brian Battles fighting Takashi Sato. That's a good fight. Jason Witt versus Josh Quinlan. I haven't really heard of Quinlan, but he's undefeated, so might be some potential there. Always fun when they're undefeated. And then the well. first two fights of the night are a women's strawweight and a women's bantamweight. Corey McKenna versus Miranda Granger. And Myra Bueno Silva versus Stephanie Edgar. 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 I keep putting a D sound in there. there. Is an I don't know what's up with that. Stephanie Edgar. <laughs> All right. I think that's a good place to end it. Yeah.
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think we covered most of yeah, it this I think. week. Thank you for tuning in to episode 9 of the Couch Dissection. All three of you, much love. Have a good day.